Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dirty Slides podcast. I'm your host, Joe Prano, coming to you live from the woods of Southern California with my co-host, as always, from the Laz Lair in Venice Beach, California, Mr. Andy Laz Lazarus. What it is, Joe? What's happening, buddy? You, you're, uh, you look like I'm strapped Jake, up. You look like Jacob Degrom after every third start. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I got, I got the ice machine going. I'm, uh, I'm about, I don't know, four months away from a rehab start myself. So uh, I'm almost able to get this left arm up here, which is, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How, how far removed from surgery are you now? Uh, today is eight, uh, August 10th. I had it April 27th. Wow. Like, so, so it's basically, you're basically like midway. I'm midway. I'm midway. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we don't put out our, uh, or any video versions of the podcast. We don't go live on YouTube. That's fine. It's but for too those, bad. it's too bad because yeah. the people really need to see this right now. Yeah. But yeah. for those people for to describe what's got going on, uh, Laz is shirtless with a uh, ice pack on his shoulder and I'm rocking the still available on the dirty sports.com <laughs> website. Dude. Dirty, dirty slides, dude, three quarter baseball tee raglan. Yeah. Hot. I, um, I wore it in a video I put on, uh, I believe it was TikTok, and somebody yeah. like slid into my DMs and was like, what is that shirt? And I sure. was like, like it's available, to, bro. You need to listen to the Dirty Slides podcast and learn yeah. all about who are dudes and who are not dudes. <laughs> um, we are. This is our post-deadline pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of deadline moves to talk about. We've got a lot of happenings, uh, a lot of streaking teams one way or the other in major league baseball. Um, let's start with what is obviously the biggest news from the major league baseball trade deadline. Juan Soto has been freed from the hologram filled stadium of the Washington nationals. And he has been moved to the Brown filled stadium of the San Diego Padres. We will uh, set aside for now the absolute tailspin that they've gone into <laughs> since since trading for him and Josh Hader. But first things first, your immediate reaction uh, to Juan Soto, to the Padres, as a Major League Baseball fan um, and as the fan of the San Francisco Giants who are also in their division. Uh, which one do you want first? Uh, Major League Baseball fan reaction. Uh, Major League Baseball fan reaction was like, cool. Maybe we'll see Juan Soto in the playoffs and World Series again. He was amazing for the Nationals when they won it. Um, great. You know, um, I was kind of like, well, I'm glad he didn't go to the Dodgers, I guess. Um, yeah. It would have been fun to see him. Um, it would have been fun to see him with the Mets. I don't know that that was going to happen. I think you guys have kind of made your moves. Yeah. And obviously, you got Darren Ruff for five human beings yeah we'll get to we'll get to the darren yeah, ruff the, move the, we'll get I, to the I was ruff. like are you talking about the most important trade the darren yeah. ruff trade? um the uh my reaction as a san francisco giants fan was just like basically it pretty much confirms everything i've been saying um that the giants draft horribly and uh they only drive draft white seniors from um sec schools and um that's what you get nobody wants your shit the San Francisco Giants and the remaining guys on the PGA tour have a lot in common. They're just like guys who went to SMU, who grew up at Daddy's Country Club. Right. Took a <laughs> took a postgraduate year, uh, four full years. Um, you know, I think like listen, if you want to take a, a a white college kid, cool. Just like make sure he's drafted out of high school. You know. Right. Don't this be the first time he's your first round draft pick? First time he's been drafted. I'm not even sure if that's like, you know, that's real. But I I see a lot of these like Patrick Bailey kid, um, Hunter Bishop, um, uh, whoever they've drafted are their first round draft picks. They're still in high A. Um, meanwhile, they got Helio Ramos and Louis Matos and um, this shortstop. Marco Luciano, who they refused to move up, 
you know, and, you know, if you watch Joey Bart at all, Joey Bart got hot recently, but before that was a human yawn, like the <laughs> most dullest, least energetic player I've ever seen. Like, you know, and the Giants just seem to have a lot of those guys, just a very dull, medium, meh team. And well, I, I said that um, I took f- I on our behalf, I took full responsibility on the Dirty Sports podcast for Juan Soto to the Padres. Uh, the, because the, of the brown and yellow? We brought back the brown. The brown changed the culture. Nothing but good fortune since. Nothing but good fortune since. Players Maybe not wanted- as good as they were hoping for. Yeah. But way better than where you were during, you know, those Brian Giles uniforms. Yeah, but players not wanting to play in right. the the navy and white, and just looking like every college, uh, every high school baseball team that just like refuses to, you know, get get a real uniform. They're just like navy and white, great. No longer the last stop before the the Mexicans leagues or the yeah. California Penal <laughs> leagues. You get yeah. one more chance to play in those blue and white Padres unit. They they make uh, the move for Soto. They get uh, Josh Bell along in the same deal. Hosmer. Wild to me. Yeah. Uh, Josh Bell's been a stud for a while, right? Did he was he having a bad season? Yeah, I mean everybody on the Nationals is having a down season because it's the yeah. Nationals, but also, um, you know, they're they're Josh got- Bell's the best player in the Giants right now. Yeah. A slumping Josh Bell's best player. They're they're cutting payroll, obviously, and stockpiling um, prospects as best they can. Uh, Hosmer was supposed to go in the deal. Hosmer refused to play for holograms. Mm-hmm. Good for uh, him. Ends up getting moved to Boston, and in a separate deal, uh, in which they had to give up none of their super top prospects, which they ended up reserving for the uh, Soto trade. They also get Josh Hader. Yeah, that was wild to me. Um, you know, I haven't looked at the standings recently, but the Brewers seemed like they were in it. Why trade away your closer to another contender while you're contending? The Brewers seem to feel, and I was saying this the other day to somebody, maybe it was Andy Ruth or maybe I, it was a conversation elsewhere, but that if you look at, uh, was it Rogers, the guy who was closing for the Brewers? Like there's, it's like this year statistically, it's almost a wash with Hater, but you also have a guy who's been there before and done mm-hmm. it before. And if yeah. you're making a playoff push, but I guess the Brewers' thought process is we don't really get a whole lot worse now on paper, and we do get better in the future. Okay, but my my opinion of that is. Uh, you know, if you're in the playoffs, um, and at the time they were a playoff team, are you not better off having a guy who's like a wash with your current bullpen arm, but also haters been there before? I think the Brewers are just committed now that they're no longer a middling team, just committed to being a middling playoff team. And maybe that's okay with them. Maybe that's okay with their fans. Maybe, you know, um, but I like, you know, I feel like the Brewers have gone for it a couple of times and it just didn't work out. Maybe they're just a little scarred. Right. You know, from it, like CC, they went for it with CC Sabathia. They went for it with uh, what's his name? The uh, Manhattan beach soccer mom guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> Zach Cranky. Zach Cranky. Right. Um, and it just didn't work out. And so maybe they're just kind of hedging their bets. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, in addition to those guys, the San Diego Padres also get Brandon Drury, who uh, just hit a sixth inning two run home run um, to score Machado and Bell. But the to go up 10 7 on your San Francisco Giants right now, but they have been just an absolute abomination since all these deals get done. They just, they just get they're murdered by, by the Dodgers. Dodgers. Right? I believe you guys beat them in the first game of the series. Yeah. But and, we beat them one, nothing. Yeah. Well, I'm that's the point they get. They have, we don't they, win games when the other team scores runs. Right. But my point yeah. is, is you get Soto, you have Machado, you have Cronworth, you have Drury, you have all these guys. You score zero runs. 
I saw well, a statistic that since the, the Soto trade, they're like somewhere between 27th and 30th in every single major offensive category. Is that, is this uh, like, it doesn't seem like it makes sense for their need needing to be like a gel situation. This isn't the 2010 Miami heat. Like Soto could just show up and play right field. Right. Uh, yeah. He should be able to uh, show up and play right field. But I think, you know, it could be that, you know, the expectations are so high. Um, you know, you look at Soto's numbers, he's not having a great season by his standards. Yeah. You know, um, like you said, Josh Bell's not having a great season by his standards. And maybe they thought that they'd come there and everything would kind of turn around and it just hasn't yet. And maybe what they needed was just a middling, dull, boring, untalented uh, shit team run by Derek Zoolander to uh, uh, get their shit together, you know, you know. Uh, well, currently like a real team like the Dodgers, maybe not not the not the great thing to get it all started. The uh, the current wild card situation in the National League is uh, a spiraling thanks to my Mets Atlanta Braves team is uh, the first wild card team. The streaking soon to be squashed out by my Mets uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Now the second wild card team with San- the San Diego Padres one game back and the Milwaukee Brewers, a half a game behind, behind them. Uh, with then the next team being your San Francisco Giants at six and a half games back and two games under 500. Um, uh, the, the two, I'm pouring one out for the Giants. The Giants are done. Giants are done. With what do we got? Six weeks left? Seven weeks left? Yeah, give or take. They have, they have none chance because they don't. They don't have any talent, and they don't have any heart, <laughs> and they're run by a dumb dumb. Um, so they're under 500. Um, if I'm wrong, I'll apologize. But, uh, like our, well, I think uh, I, I kind of feel like it's also safe to say that the San Francisco giants who are 22 and a half games back of the Dodgers and six and a half games out of the wild card are probably not. I, I feel like if you, you really need, um, a serious push at the end of the season to be 110 games into the year, be under 500 and probably make the playoffs. Like, you really need, and and the bottom line is they didn't make the moves to do it. The other teams have made the moves to do it. Um, and they, don't, they don't have the they don't have the artillery to do it. They've drafted so poorly, and for some reason they they're like they they have a stadium that is paid for. It's all profit, and for some reason they're just fucking around in the margins trying to get like real good deals. Uh, and and then re-signing Brandon Crawford, and then I don't know I don't know if they've re-signed Brandon Bell, but you know it's not like he's bad, but he's just like Jimmy G. Like I'm tired of watching it. I don't want to fucking see this on television. Anymore. Well, the question for you, I guess, is was that just a an epic window of it all coming together? You know, last yeah, yes, last year for well, sure. Last year, last year, the World Series runs everything, sure. as opposed to. Oh, this is just that this is what happens. You're great. And then you've got to, you know, do a rebuild and figure it out pretty like what's your confidence in the rebuild potential with a Dodgers Padres uh, spenders in your division? Zero confidence. Also, because I'm pretty sure that um, the Dodgers have a uh, Dominican Academy. And I'm pretty sure the Giants don't. And I, I, I don't know. We're, we're just so unathletic and so pale. And I hate to keep going, you know, going back at this, but if they had drafted some pale athletes, I would have been really excited. But, like, there's no reason any man or woman or child should have to watch Austin Slater play center field on television, let alone pay for a ticket and a couple of hot dogs and, and beers and sodas and, and cotton candy. Especially now with rents in San Francisco, wasting yeah, it's money. Ridiculous. Wasting <laughs> ridiculous. 
So who is your who's your National League playoff teams? Because it's Philly and Atlanta right now. And then uh, the Milwaukee and uh, St. Louis um, division is going back and forth. You know, they're they're right on each other's ass. But that that would be the fourth team. Whoever's whichever one of those teams is not the division winner is still behind San Diego, Philadelphia, Atlanta. It what's our what's your what's your feelings on San Diego? Is San Diego with Juan Soto with Tatis potentially coming back? Are they a playoff team and not one of these NL East teams, or do they need uh, an offseason with these guys to get everybody on the same page? No, which, seem, which seems they're... which seems nonsensical. I think it's nonsensical. I, I like Atlanta and I like San Diego. Of the you league. like Atlanta because Atlanta, Atlanta I still got like Atlanta. Yeah, I know they got smoked by the Mets. I, I still like them. Um, barring some kind of catastrophe injury situation. I haven't seen a lot of the Phillies this year. I know Schwarber's going off. Um, they're hitting they're hitting a lot of home runs. They're yeah. playing well. They acquired Thor, which is interesting. That's they acquired they acquired um Robertson from the uh Cubs. Oh, and they okay. and they acquired um the dude Walsh. Is it Walsh from the uh the angels marsh okay. marsh not walsh marsh brandon marsh brandon marsh yeah okay so the phillies made some moves and are now yeah. kind of making moves um atlanta uh you know got just absolutely just came to town and got gutted uh we well the we, mets are playing the best baseball in the league right now this Besides is true this is true and i i this is a theory that i w- wanted to bring up on uh dirty sports on monday but it is now going to be a dirty slides hot take i just realized something and i just realized that this is probably like Degrom coming back great the the deadline move seeming to work out great everybody hitting great all that stuff but i just realized something the greatest year of my life in retrospect prior to this because of two specific things. The highest highs for Joe Prano. 1986, the Mets win the only World Series of my lifetime and the greatest piece of cinema that's ever been made, Top Gun premieres. I did not put this together until now, but Tom Cruise gets back on the horse in 2022. (laughs) Back in the Maverick helmet, mm-hmm. pour one out for a goose, and he drops a Top Gun 2, Top Gun Maverick on us in 2022. I think this is the I think this is the sign. This is the thing. Top Gun and Mets championships. So what characters are being repeated on the Mets squad? Now, not obviously it's not the same guys, but who is your Ray Knight? Who is your Jesse Orozco? Who is your your Keith? Who is your Mookie? Well, I can tell you. I can tell you one thing. I mean, it's it's kind of perfect. Like nobody is as filthy. Uh, it feels like just from on the outside looking in, you don't have a bunch of filthy, you know, filthy bastards. No, like but we got we. But, but we acquire Vogelbach, who came up today to. Yeah. Kalise's milkshake. He had a milkshake <laughs> as his walk-up song today. They're awesome. leaning in. Edwin Diaz is now like there is now a thing that's become like uh like Pavlov's dogs, where fucking t- Timmy Trumpet and Blaster Jacks Narcos plays and and opposing hitters just wet themselves <laughs> and and just like just go, whoa, it looks like two of the three of us are going to strike out. And then they just like, they just like argue about which of the three guys in the on deck circle is going to be the guy who gets to make contact. <laughs> then we've got a white Doc Gooden without a cocaine problem in Jacob DeGrom. It's like a clean 86 Mets. Yeah. You know, um, Pete Alonso, obviously not the glove of Keith Hernandez, but like a similar, a similar vibe. He's over there at first base. 
He's sort of under the radar, but yet he's probably like the most valuable offensive player. And he's as under the radar as a guy who hits 50 bombs can be. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so happy to do it. Leading all of baseball and RBIs. Like it's, I mean, Luis Guillorme is basically like every guy on the Mets infield in 86 rolled into one. He's like, he's like Howard Johnson meets Wally Backman with a little bit of Rafael Santana's like Latinness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you guys are playing amazing baseball. Jeff McNeil probably. Jeff McNeil yeah. probably voted for Trump. And even though he grew up playing golf is probably the closest thing we have to Lenny Dykstra. Like, right. did you like, like your Lenny Dykstra, Ray Knight, Kevin McReynolds combo? Yeah. 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 Starling Marte is our strawberry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as good as strawberry, but like that level of athlete for sure. Yeah, that level yeah. of athlete. The, the like the abnormally small sleeves just to show off his biceps just like the the, the casual athleticness in right field like dude i don't i'm not sure i should be able to see your obliques through your jersey yeah yeah and then of course we have a francisco lindor who's fucking been on fire and is exactly what that Mets team in 86 was missing in terms of like keeping it going for a while is just like a yeah. Uh, like a, a perennial all-star that you're like, Oh, I guess he's just going to get 29 to 30 home runs and a hundred RBI every year and play a world-class shortstop. It's kind of funny because in 1986, if you told me that a shortstop who's seemingly that small um, would be a 30 home run guy, I'd be like, that's crazy. Yeah. The only like big time home run hitter would have been Cal Ripken, you know, like at that time. Lindor, like, Lindor is almost with a completely different personality, the Gary Carter of this New York Mets team. You mean he's actually cool and people actually want to hang out with him? Yeah. But also like from Montreal to the Mets to wherever it's like Gary Carter. Always like, an all star. Always an all star. You know, curly hair, not dyed blue in his case, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah, a legit all-star. Basically, what I'm saying is this is 1986 Maverick. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Do you think um, just just kind of an off topic that that Top Gun Maverick is better than Terminator 2 as a sequel? Oh, or do you man. think it's on the, you know, like on the uh, Mount Rushmore of sequels? So I think the thing with Terminator 2 is like Terminator 2, they're very similar because they just like upped the level of the action so much from the first. And yeah. but but in a way, like can't exist without the first. Right. Um, I'm just, I'm just way more. I think it's better to me because I'm way more partial to Top Gun one than I was Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Just off the top of my head, my Mount Rushmore sequels are probably Godfather two, Terminator two, Empire Strikes Back, Top Gun Maverick. I, I think, I think that might be right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I mean, what, what are we, what are we possibly forgetting? To be totally honest with you, I'm probably forgetting something. But I mean, it's not weakened at Bernie's too. I mean, I don't think like the Dark Knight or counts. You know, like is that that's not a sequel? Is, is it a sequel it's to a sequel, Batman? But it feels Begins? like its own movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. You no, know? it's not Caddyshack too. Right. It's like the 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 Batman stuff. It's like in there's a whole Batman world. Right. I mean, I guess that. Could, could go for Star Wars. Batman. Yeah, you know what I mean? Indiana Jones, you're a big Indiana Jones guy. I mean, I love Temple of Doom, but I love Temple of Doom more than most people love Temple of Doom. Yeah. You know? And I think more more, more people would be like, well, Last Crusade's better than Temple of Doom. Right. You know, I'll make that, I'll make the Temple of Doom argument, but not a lot of people are going <laughs> to be with it. You know? 
Uh, I'm going to go through some of the other big deals we have. I don't really think, I mean, it was kind of a quiet deadline in terms of like the big moves because the Yankees didn't really go big. The Dodgers didn't really go big. The Mets didn't go big. Um, like none of the teams that you thought were going to adjust the, the Padres went really big. The Dodgers get Joey Gallo from the Yankees uh, for Clayton Beater. Uh, Gallo, who was just an abomination in New York, but has like also been pretty good for the Dodgers so far. And um, they've been winning since I he's been there. Uh, Joey Gallo went to the Dodgers. What's he, their sixth outfielder? Like, what's yeah, like I think he's just gonna be big bat off the bench, big DH yeah. in the playoffs. But I think also they're counting on can grow the beard back. And yeah, that was kind of like they Samsoned him a little bit, but yeah. That. Yeah, it's 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 kind of clown shoes for the Yankees still even still be doing that shit, but 100% clown shoes. Uh, Red Sox acquire Eric Hosmer for prospects. Um, Braves got Jake and Drozzi, right from the Astros. Yeah, that could be helpful. Uh, Phillies acquire Syndergaard. Um, Twins acquire uh, Tyler Mall Malley. What the fuck is that dude's name? I mean, again, no, no huge moves. Braves got Iglesias from the Angels. Um, but the Braves, I mean, again, like a nice little run for the Braves last year. Definitely a nice little... Um, they won the World Series. It's definitely a nice little run. But but it kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like, I mean, it didn't. It didn't. They were been in the playoffs, you know, in the last few years. They've been kind of a, a contender. Yeah, and um, it'll be... An, it'll but be we all an, thought they didn't have enough pitching, and all of a sudden they did. Right. Um, and it'll be a nice thing for them to look back on in 25 years and be like, Hey, we had a fucking, that was right, right, right before the Steve Cohen era. We did it. And, you know, I've been complaining about this on dirty sports, but just like the Braves fans still won't give it up. They're like, well, let's see what happens in October. And this is my, I I don't want to go on another rant because I already did it, but this is my one problem. And tell me if you agree with me, Hmm. the Atlanta Braves franchise has two championships 95 and 2021 for all those division titles and all the time. And they've been in Atlanta since 1965. It is sort of offensive to me as a Mets fan who at least we own our, you know, lack of championships in our existence. And we own our kind of celebrated in a way. Yeah. And we, we, we own own it. We own our tendency to choke. Yeah. But until last year, the Braves had half as many world championships as the Mets in Atlanta. <laughs> what the fuck are you guys talking about? Chokers. You what you went to you won 20 consecutive NL East and then you and you won once. Yeah. I feel like the Buffalo Bills uh own their ineptitude more as well. Um you know, I know two Braves fans. And we just don't really talk about the consecutive um, uh, division titles and lack of World Series, um, mainly because I just kind of feel bad for them. And I don't like to pile on. And like, you know, maybe especially since the Giants won three World Series in five years and none of those teams were like, really any good <laughs> but the, but here's the thing and this is what this is what i go through with um eagles fans a lot as a giants fan and you're this i feel like this is similar for the giants and it's almost similar for the mets although we have had some world series appearances that didn't end in um in a championship is like when the mets have a team when the san francisco giants have a team when my new york giants have a team they make a run right when the when the Eagles have a team, they go to the NFC Championship game for half a decade, and they don't win a fucking Super Bowl. They score like thirteen points. Lose. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves win the NL East for the amount of time it takes for a child to be born and then be old enough to drink, and they win one World Series, and they have the greatest modern pitcher leading their staff. And they win one title and they have the audacity to go around talking about, let's see what happens come come October. We know what happens come October. Save for your fluke hot season where Jock Peterson fucking carries you. You guys choke in October. 
that's what happens come October. That is a fact. There's no lies. No lies detected. No lies detected. Uh, the Blue Jays acquire Mitt, Whit Merrifield, who is uh, having a down year, but I feel like that's a nice move for them. It is a nice move, but I heard he's unvaccinated and now not allowed to play in Toronto. Did he get vaccinated? I think he got vaccinated. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm trying to see nice what, what else. Yeah. A nice player, but I, I feel like, I mean, I haven't watched my, much uh, Blue Jays this year, but it just, from afar, it feels like they hit fine. And they don't, they don't pitch, so they got another hitter. Phillies acquire David Robertson from the Cubs for uh, right-handed pitcher Ben Brown. I am going to make this prediction, and I and you know I hate this because I hate Philly. Oh, yeah. I mean I hate Philly as a city. I hate Philly's fans. I've come to hate Atlanta Braves fans so much this year because, as I said to multiple people on Twitter yesterday, if we went into Atlanta or or God forbid you guys came to New York and beat us four out of five in absolutely embarrassing fashion, I would be living under my apartment right now in a hole waiting for like, I would, I would have just brought canned food down there and hid for one full month and, <laughs> and licked my wounds. And yet, yeah. and yet they're on Twitter still being like, we'll see what happens come October. Yeah. We'll see if you're yeah. in the, yeah, you're we'll, in the see. we'll see if you're in the fucking playoffs guys, you're seven and a half games back win a fucking game. <laughs> um, but Phillies acquire Robertson. I'm going to make this prediction. I think the Phillies finished second in the NL East. And uh, now is this because you truly feel of it, feel it, or just uh, just a little extra Atlanta spite? No, I th- I really feel it. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Mets are playing fantastic, but like I'm a little I'm I'm a little afraid. Feel like it's a little bit early to be peaking. It's a little bit early to be peaking, and it's also like now we got to go play the Phillies. Like the Phil, this is an opportunity for the Phillies. Let's say the Phillies win this series. Now suddenly, not that they're making a run at us, but ooh, now they're feeling good about themselves. They're hitting right. a lot of home runs. Uh, you know, Harper probably back at some point. They're all they're doing it without Harper. They acquire a starting pitcher in Thor, who's like whatever. But they acquire bullpen guys. Like they made moves. And I the, know, but when's the last time Thor was actually a difference maker? Was it 2015? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But like, but he is exactly what he can be for the Phillies. Exactly what he always should have been for us is like a back end of the rotation guy. But yeah. my point is the, they go out and they get him. They go out and they get Robertson. They go out and they get uh Brandon Marsh. Who's a good player. Mm-hmm. From the angels. They made, they made some fucking moves. We'll see. We I'm, predict- see. I'm, predict- I'm predicting Philly's second in the East. Second in the East. Now we got to uh, talk. You think, so you're saying they, they make the playoffs and the Braves don't. It could be both of them. Yeah. I believe in San Diego as well. Um, yeah. It could be Philly, San Diego. Okay. So, but those are your three. I'm saying Atlanta, San Diego, and you're saying, well, it's two of those three. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Unless, all right. A, unless the Mets just mop up all these guys and then they're like a Sandy, <laughs> unless a San Diego, a San Diego, Milwaukee sneak in because the Mets are just buzz, buzz sawing the last 18 games of the year against these two fucking teams. <laughs> um, we, you uh, hinted at it before, but four blood and bones filled human beings, including major leaguer JD Davis. We're traded to your Giants from my Mets. Yes. For Darren Ruff. For Darren Ruff. Who has Who he we, gotten in a bat for you guys yet? Yes, he has. He's played yeah. very, he's played very well for us. Has he? Okay, and good. I, and I gotta say this. You guys put him in the outfield? Because we kind of had to put him in the outfield because we had to. You guys don't have to. Mostly been a DH. And I gotta say this. I did not love. I did not love uh this idea of a platoon DH, Vogelbach, right. rough. But the majority of the, I didn't think about this. The majority of the time, you're going to be facing a right-hander. So it's really a Vogelbach DH with a rough spelling him against yeah. lefties. He's apparently Mr. OPS against lefties. It's been go- good so far. 
Yeah. Um, I, it's so far it's working and I like it mostly because it's a Vogelbach heavy. Like I like seeing Vogelbach in the lineup every day. He's been incredibly good so far for us. And if this is the other guy that you have to get as like the, this is how we're going to justify this. I kind of like it. I mean, he's great as a right is, is exactly that a right-handed uh, bat off the bench. He's perfect. Unfortunately, the Giants had him leading off playing left field. Right. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. He looks more like the brawny man than Vince Coleman. And, like, I know baseball doesn't value traditional leadoff hitters anymore, but that's an, an insult to the Ricky Hendersons, the Vince Coleman's, the Brett Butler's of the world, the, the leadoff technicians, the leadoff artists that used to – it used to be around. Now nobody gives a shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's exactly that. And if that's what, if, you know, you're going to start Vogelbach because like you say, it's mainly right-handed pitching. And then you get Josh Hader um, coming in and uh, then you got Darren Ruff and he's, a, he's perfect for that. Um, perfect. The, the only other move that I want to really talk about is, uh, Trey Mancini to the Astros. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason I want to talk about this, I think it's sort of a, well, the rich get richer a little bit. They've got a guy who can, he's, he's been okay so far over there, but they've got a guy um, who can go over there and contribute. Um, The, we did an episode recently and I talked about it also on the dirty sports where we talked about this Orioles team and probably doing the right thing. Right. Even though they were sort of, um, streaking is take advantage of the fact that you're building something young, move a Trey Mancini. What the, what the fuck ever keep building. So somebody brought up to me, a friend of mine said, um, after I called the Astros, the, the most well-run baseball team, um, because they just, they let guys go and they seem to always reload. He said, the, Orioles GM is the former assistant GM of the Astros and, and was the true genius behind that organization. Keep your eye on the Orioles becoming the next Astros under this guy's leadership. Well, I mean, this is, and this being the beginnings of that. That would be great. I, 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 I love when the Orioles are good. I love seeing Camden in the playoffs. I like those unis. I think they're better unis than the Giants. Um, even though it's the same color scheme, I think the Orioles do it better. We love we love orange here. The yeah. Dirty Slides podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like Cedric Mullins. Um, yeah, it would be great if the Orioles are great again. I mean, that's going to make the AL East the toughest division in baseball if those guys are good again. The AL East is uh led by a you know suddenly even flou- tougher they're probably already the toughest division yeah uh by a suddenly floundering uh yankees team they lose joey gallo in the locker room they they lose Blue his guy. attitude Blue they, guy, lose his, they lose his 109 average but his locker room presence yeah they're spiraling they lose today to the uh they've lost back to back games to seattle but they're still uh, head and shoulders uh, above Toronto, who is. Wait the... a minute. Sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, Seattle made a big trade. Seattle got uh, the kid from um, Cincinnati. Yes. Seattle right? got. Yep. Seattle got yeah. uh, uh, the pitcher. Yeah. Who's. who's okay. um, it's a, yeah. Big balls move. Big balls no. move. Way yeah. to go, Seattle. No. And right. Seattle, I mean, that's. That's. You know, we're getting Seattle is currently the second wild card team, and they are a game and a half up on Tampa Bay and Baltimore. So you have you have a Toronto team, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, three of the four teams that are within a game and a half. And then you have Cleveland and Minnesota and Chicago that are Cleveland and Minnesota are a half game back, and Chicago uh is two games back. But and Cleveland, Tim Anderson for four to six weeks. Right. But Cleveland, Minnesota, one of those teams wins the AL Central. Yeah. Um, so, but they're a half game back 
in the wild card of Baltimore and Tampa Bay, who are a game and a half back of Seattle. Um, you've got Toronto, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and they're they're also in a division with the Yankees, all going to beat each other up. Seattle um, making moves. Should cruise. Making right. moves. Seattle should be a playoff team, correct? They should be. Yeah, they should be because, I mean, they've just got the Astros. I don't know how far behind they are the Astros, but, you know, they got the Angels and the A's and Texas Texas to beat up on. Yeah, the, Seattle is 11 games back of Houston. Yeah. But, but they have an 11-game lead minimum on the rest of the division. 11 games up on Texas, 12 games up on yeah, Angels. they should be all right. They're, they should be all right. You know, uh, 19 games up on Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. So so we've got in the playoffs, the Yankees, the winner of Cleveland, Minnesota, the Astros, we like Seattle, and then some, the last spot goes to uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, or the loser of Minnesota and Cleveland. I still like Toronto. I still like Toronto. Their their run differential is 60. Yeah. Uh, and they got more hitting. It's not like 204 for the Yankees, but Jesus Christ, that's incredible. And um, I like and Toronto. I like for Seattle. The um, I, think, I think the dangerous team in there is still Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is just, you know, they, at this point, they've been there before a billion times. You know, this is nothing new to this squad. Right, but, but the but though like Tampa Bay, it's like they turn guys over so fast. Yeah, but they still got. Uh, you Randy see, that, they just have they just have the soul of being raised players. Yeah, exactly. And then they got uh, uh, is Wander Franco still still doing it, or is he hurt? No, yeah, yeah. I mean, they still, they got studs. Uh, yeah. Before we move on, I just want to bring up one last thing. Uh, the Dodgers are right now far and away, probably the best team in baseball. They have the best record. They have the best run differential. They just beat up on a Padres team that made moves just to beat them. Um, you look around, they have the best lineup. I just said this the other day, the lineup, you, you know, that's a team that the Mets would have to play, you know, would have to get through to go to a world series. Their lineup is better than ours. There's no doubt about it. Top to bottom, their lineup's better. But Jacob DeGrom just threw a fucking perfect six innings in a rehab start against the defending champs. You have a chance, dude. You've got a really good chance. You've got DeGrom and, uh, DeGrom and Scherzer. And, um, you know, the Dodgers got Walker Bueller and Urias. And what, really? Who are their, their other guys? You know, the ghost of Clayton Kershaw, Tony Goslin. The ghost of Clayton, Clayton, Clayton Kershaw started the uh, All-Star game. I know he did, but I mean, come on, man. But let's. But we agree, this is like how I always do an NBA series. Mm-hmm. Who, Which team has the best player? Which team has the second best player? A lot of times, if you don't have the first best player or the second best player, you're not winning an NBA series. I don't care how deep you are or whatever. If the other team is garbage, but they have the first and that this is, this is the Lakers bubble championship. Every team they face are like, we have the first best player and the second best player. And then we have a bunch of guys you've never heard of. Yeah, but that's the NBA doesn't quite work like that baseball, but you do have the two best pitchers. No question. do, Do the Mets have the two best pitchers kind of regardless of who they face? Uh, let's go through it. It's just the National League, the Dodgers. Yeah. I believe so. If I, unless I'm missing somebody totally obvious for the Dodgers, but to me, no. the best two pitchers: Kershaw, Bueller, Urias. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, let's go through it. St. Louis, Jordan, fucking Hicks. Huh? I mean, is is Wainwright still doing it? Yeah, I mean, he's still alive. Chris Carpenter, <laughs> like, like who? I don't know. You know. Um. Atlanta, Max Freeze, uh, Ian Kennedy. Okay, yes. Um, Philly's got uh, Aaron Nola. Yep. 
Anybody else? Uh, and, the Zach and, Wheeler and Wheeler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got them. San Diego. Um, Sean Manea and Blake Snell. And, yeah. And uh, anybody else? And the fucking the other dude. Um, Musgrove. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Still got him. So it, you've got a tremendous advantage in the five game series. Fangraphs currently has the Mets as the best percent chance to win the World Series. Yeah, that's what it's usually come down to. I mean, Vegas my... has the Mets at behind the Yankees, behind the Dodgers, and I believe behind Houston. I mean, unless the Mets all of a sudden uh, switch out their gloves for frying pans, they should have the advantage. But we shall see. <laughs> Now, speaking of gloves for frying pans, did you see yesterday's Keith Hernandez uh, trending moment on Twitter no. and, and, and Philadelphia fan outrage? No, I have not. So Keith sets up his schedule. There, he just, he just disappeared. There, him and Ronnie kind of switch off. off. Sometimes they're there together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some, sometimes they're there together, but they basically platoon as the other guy in the booth. And on Gary great, Thorne, Gary Thorne is there all the time. Gary Cohen, yeah. Gary, sorry, Gary Cohen. Yeah, uh, Gary Cohen's there is, all the time. Is is Tim McCarver back? No, Tim, McCar- you, Tim McCarver. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. Um. Is, wait, is Tim is Tim McCarver dead? I don't think so. so I mean, unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, should we should like let's not forget to pour one out for Ben Scully. By the way. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um. So yesterday, uh, Gary Cohen notices uh keith will not be participating in the phillies broadcast mm-hmm. and keith goes out of his way to say yes he always asks out of phillies broadcast <laughs> and i thought for sure what was coming was i don't want anything to do with philly fans whether they're fucking here in new york whether they're in fucking philadelphia like i don't come to the ballpark even when it's at city field if the yeah. Phillies are going to be here, I don't want anything to do with them. I thought for sure that is what he was going to insinuate. And I thought yeah. he was going to insinuate it in the same exact way that he said he had a sinus problem when he brought up that he did uh, cocaine. Right. Exactly. He goes on to say, I don't ever like watching Philadelphia. They never play defense. Their fundamentals are trash. He's a, <laughs> I'm a big fundies guy. I don't like watching non-fundamental teams and just Philly fans spiral out of control <laughs> that Keith Hernandez just doesn't want to watch you be bad. Yeah. He's just like, I'm not, uh, I'm not into watching John Segura play shortstop. I've had yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Well, take that Philly, you know, what are you going to do now? You brought up the goat, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Scully passes away. Yeah. Um, I said this on the Dirty Sports Podcast. I want your take on this opinion. You're a, you're a Giants fan, so mm-hmm. I think I know you love Scully. Yes, um, and I think that that's a that's a great example of how great he was. Like mm-hmm. you have no ill will toward the guy who's like the Certainly fucking not. the guy who's the Dodgers announcer. By the way, maybe my current favorite, John Miller. John Miller, yeah. Love John Miller. Fantastic. Giants have a great booth. Great booth. Yeah. Never understood uh, the move away from those guys in Sunday Night Baseball. Was weird. Yeah. It was a weird move. I thought Um, John Miller would be the Chris Berman of ESPN Baseball. Yeah. And for some reason, he did not want to be. Or they they didn't want to. Yeah. And I thought for sure if it was like, oh, we're tired. You know, Joe Morgan used to get a lot of hate, and I really like Joe Morgan too. Um, yeah. But I, th- I thought for sure they would just keep John Miller as the standard, the staple, you know, the constant. And then if you got to do the analyst thing with a former right. player next to him, I think what bother people about Joe Morgan, I learned a ton of baseball from Joe Morgan. Yeah. I thought he was really informative. But I think where where people got annoyed at Joe Morgan because Joe Morgan was always telling. Uh, you how big, great he was. Big red machine stories. Big red machine. Well, I mean, like, wouldn't you tell big red machine stories? But I think it was like more like, more like just insinuating how how good he individually was. You know? He was really good, by the way. He was really good. Yeah, <laughs> no lies, no lies. Uh, 
Uh, for all you people watching the captain, look up Joe Morgan's stats sometime. Uh, Joe Morgan, significantly better baseball player than Derek Jeter. Just throwing out there. Um, here is my take on Scully. Yeah. And I want to know if you agree. Vin Scully is the single greatest baseball announcer of all time. Yep. And something that can be said about Vin Scully that I don't think you can say about LeBron James or Michael Jordan, your preferred great goat athlete. I don't even think you could say it about Jerry Rice, who I think is the goat football player. You can't Uh say it about, I think that Vin Scully is not only the goat, but he will forever be the goat because they will never allow a baseball announcer to do it by himself, to do it by himself, to do it in the way he did it. Yeah, no, no, he'll, it'll never get better than that. You'll never hear a guy uh, have a story or anecdote about every player in the major leagues, every player. And it doesn't even matter that he told the same story every time. There's fucking 500 players. Yeah. You know, like, and um, I, I did catch that. And I thought what was really interesting that I didn't realize uh, when you were talking about, we we're talking about the Kirk uh, Gibson home run and the amount of time he let that breathe. A full minute. A full, a full minute, minute. Between the ball being hit, his home run call, and, you know. Uh, and, then, and then after the, the full the minute. Words, right. And then after the full minute, like he had fucking, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, like uh, Shakespeare or fucking, I don't yeah. know, uh, some great author in the booth of them. After a full minute, he comes back in a game of improbables. The impossible. You're like, what the, right. how do you fucking. Maybe he's taking the full minute to write out that line. Yeah. You know? but, but I'm saying that there's, there's everything he did. Then there's the time he gives not to say anything. And then, yeah. yeah, maybe he is in that minute scribbling. And he's like, that's not it. That's yeah. not it. That's yeah. not it. Now we have it. And it's yeah. like, even that's fucking impressive. It is fucking impressive. Just to have the wherewithal to like be in the moment, you know? Um, yeah, no, I don't think anybody will get any better. I, I'm very glad that I was able to listen to like moving down to Los Angeles and able to hear Chick Hearn call basketball and Vince Cully call baseball. Um, I know he was portrayed as a dick in winning time, and he was always fisting Pat Riley. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was an incredible announcer. Yeah. Incredible announcer. And so is Vin. So rest in peace, Vin. One of the the GOAT. I want to do a a non-MLB story only Mm -hmm. because it came up twice today it came up yes. to you it came up to you in person yes and, th- and then it came up to me via text yes um baseball news sort of uh they're, they've made a league of their own on amazon prime there will be a league of their own tv show um in theory sounds awesome in yeah. reality in reality a league of their own when you consider it was a movie about fucking chicks playing baseball was incredible. It was an incredible movie. It's it in was, our top nine, yeah. isn't it? Isn't yep. it in the middle of the? I feel like it's in the middle of the order. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is like a, an exceptional cast. It's an exceptional movie. It's really, really good. Uh, so high bar to achieve right. success when you're doing that. Uh, but Tug Coker texted me this and then you ran into him at Penmar golf course and he brought and it he up to you. showed it to me. Yeah. Uh, IndieWire at IndieWire tweeted today. And I'm going to read it slow so everybody can hear it. <laughs> like a slow curveball that finds the heart of the plate, the prime video series is a reboot that takes its time connecting, but ultimately hits home. Okay. My theory on this tweet was some millennial female blogger 
wanted to write a sports reference and asked her boyfriend who was sitting next to her <laughs> for a sports tweet. And without looking up from golf and his fantasy football mock draft, yeah. he threw out he threw out a few words which she jumbled and put into the wrong order. Slow curveball, heart of the plate. Again, like a slow curveball, not necessarily the kind of curveball you want, although sometimes effective. That finds the heart of the plate. If you're throwing a slow curveball, you don't want it finding the heart of the plate. No, it's going to get smashed. This series is a reboot that takes its time connecting. Are we connecting with the bat now? So yeah, now, is this a very slow swing? Is this like David Wells' worst hanging curveball, just getting <laughs> absolutely fucking man dangled by a Manny Ramirez, but ultimately hits home? Now, gets hit for a home run, bounces on home plate. I, like it, it feels like I, I feel like she's trying to compliment it. Oh, I know she's trying to come. What she's describing to me. By the way, I I love that we've accepted that the the person the the person who wrote this headline for a Ben Travers piece was a woman. We're a hundred percent. No question. Yeah. There's no question. So I think she's trying to compliment it. Um and uh, yeah, I do agree with you that she hates baseball and she was looking for terms. But what she was describing, a slow curveball that finds the heart of the plate. It takes time connecting. It sounds like, you know, when you swing as slow as the pitch is delivered because you're fooled too. Yeah. And so ultimately hits home. So it sounds like a meatball with a terrible swing that uh, connects with it hits it, but it just kind of fouls it straight down and hits home plate and then uh, hits somebody in the eye. And it's uh, literally, it's literally describing. It's literally describing a, a pitch and a swing that could only be accomplished by like a late in his career, Todd Frazier. <laughs> pulled on the curveball, yeah. pulled on the curveball, overextend, resets his hands, has enough time, still <laughs> takes a horrible leaning forward swing on it, barely connects, drives it directly down to home plate. Yes. And then it bounces up, hits him in the face. Bounces up, hits him in the face. He stands there thinking <laughs> this has to be a foul ball, but he somehow started running out of the box and he's called out. I I, I desperately want this. Uh, desperately, I, I want this to be good because you know I think everybody should should be you know a league of their own fan because it's a great movie, but you know, like. It's a really high bar. You know, we're talking about the greatest, um, definitely the greatest role that, what's his name from the, uh, the bench warmers. Who's the, who's the SNL guy who was like, yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah. That's John Lovitz. John Lovitz. John Lovitz's greatest role. John Lovitz's biggest contribution to the, to the world of cinema is, is uh, a league of their own. Absolutely. And now, um I, you know i hope it doesn't suck everybody i hope it doesn't suck too I'm, yeah. I'm hope i'm hopeful yeah i, I just, but it's I not, just it takes a long time connecting it's like this is slow and boring but eventually it's kind of good i guess if you like sports i guess if you like hanging curveballs that accidentally don't get hit or <laughs> get hit straight down and still in some way because todd frazier is insane uh gets work for an out <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, Laz, what do you say? Uh, we slide into the, uh, yeah, slide into, into the, the mentions here. So we've, we've got, uh, one, let me see. We have one. Um, yes, we've got one mention since I put this, uh, tweet up and that is, uh, from Seth Legger, Ledger, L-E-G-E-R at all day ledger 96 on, uh, Twitter. You guys ever went to a game solo? Recently caught a minor league game solo with last minute tickets. Was a great time. Just got to chill with some beers and spits. Great way to spend an evening. Have, yeah. you, att- have you attended a game solo? I feel like I have. I just like, I'm trying to, 
Um, trying to remember. It, it feels like something. I, I don't remember doing it, but it feels like something I've done. I've definitely gone to a movie by myself. Um, going to, I bet you I went, I don't know if this counts as solo, but I definitely went down to uh, uh, Pac Bell, whatever now it's called, I don't know, Oracle Park, whatever, Giants new stadium, new stadiums, 20 years old, and kind of stood in right field. Um, Outside the, the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I've ever done solo sit in a seat, that whole thing. Have you? I have. I've done it multiple times. Um, always for, well, actually, I shouldn't say always because I did once uh, not for Mets. But typically, Mets come somewhere close to where I am and no one wants to go to me. I drove down for like with like Tuesday afternoon rush hour traffic. It took, I think it took me, I honestly think I left at Venice at like one. 30 p.m. Yeah. and just made a 7-10 first pitch for what I believe was Syndergaard's second big league start, which was at Petco. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to see Syndergaard. I had I had plans on trying to see Syndergaard when he was still in AAA because he was at Vegas. Yeah. And I didn't see him before he left Vegas, so I was like, all right, looks like I think it was either his first or his second start. Uh, ended up. At, at Padres, so I drove myself down to that. The first ever time that I went to AT&T, now Oracle, right? Yeah, um, now Oracle. Uh, was by myself. I got a ticket. This is prior to my um, amazing ticket hookup at the at San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Um, so I bought one seat on top of the wall in right field. Sweet. Um. Or it might have even been a standing room only ticket for like that section on yeah. top of the wall. Yeah. Um, and then uh, saw my first ever Giants game there and walked around. So I was like, I have a standing room only ticket. And then I walked the whole stadium. I went outside. I did all the spots by myself. I walked, I walked the stadium just a couple of weeks ago. I ended up having to um, getting to see the Will Clark jersey retirement ceremony uh well, will made a great speech against participation trophies which was hilarious um look it up on youtube it's he's a passionate man yeah but, and, and and in the same weekend he like they showed him like a i saw somebody show him a clip of like the dirtiest slide of all time that he did when he was uh, uh that uh, was oh, against again when he fought the entire jose kendo and ozzy smith yeah uh yeah i mean i don't think it was and he was basically dirty. like he was like he was like basically like fuck you and like you're not gonna fucking turn a double play on me and yes i will try to hurt you he slid straight through the bag though unlike chase utley who barrel rolled oh he, absolutely absolutely and i don't think he went spikes up he just went straight through the bag and like jose akendo like like slapped him on the back of the head and will's like okay we're going yeah and then um God bless as Ozzy Smith, but this was his bitchiest moment. He starts uh, hitting Will in the back of the head. Yeah, um, cheap shots everywhere. It was a it was a great brawl. I remember watching it. I was about eleven or twelve years old, and my dad's a huge Cardinals fan, and he was like, "Dad, oh, Will Clark is out of his mind." <laughs> and you were like, "I love it. I love it." Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we've we've said before on this show that. Uh, Chase Utley, even though we named the show essentially after Chase Utley, yeah. it's really unfair to call Chase Utley's slide a dirty slide because he never slid. At all. He never slid at all. He just yeah. knee bombed knee bombed a guy in the upper leg. Yeah. Um, Wait, Seth Lager. What I was trying to say was, uh, or anybody else who's who's talking about like going to the game solo, the the Giant Stadium, and I'm sure there's uh, many other stadiums like this is fantastic for going solo because there's so many places to hang out, see the game and not have to sit. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure a lot of the modern stadiums are like that. There's so many places just to hang out, grab a beer, watch the game standing, move to the next spot. There's I had lot. never, I had also never been, and I've still now only been once uh, to the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. And I, I was doing shows up there and I was like, fuck it. I got it. I got to check this one off the list. Finally, I went to a, a weekday day game, Oakland Astros solo. Yeah. Um, 
and that was now they really- used to have like kind of a picnic bench situation uh kind of like when we went to spring training at, at salt river yeah kind of a pic- picnic bench situation in like the left field corner yeah we have a full-on table and you can just kind of sit there um um and like have a five course meal if you want it but i agree uh i agree totally with seth what like get yourself some seeds get yourself a couple beers maybe keep score um and just have yourself a day at the ballpark where you don't have to go oh she needs a fucking ice cream sundae (laughs) yeah the kids need a fucking nacho helmet you know how how does this work so we like so we like late breaking curveballs that catch the heart of the plate. No, babe. No, stop reading indie wire for your baseball news. No, we hate those. They usually get fucking hammered to left. Um, no, we don't. Yeah. I mean, I think going to, and going to minor league game alone, even better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even better. So like you um, could sit almost anywhere. Yeah. So go to, go to a ball game alone. Absolutely. Um, Laz, that's uh, we're gonna keep it pretty tight. I've got okay. a, I've got a show tonight at the Hollywood Improv. Uh, Yay! I, I've also got a show August twenty fifth at the Hollywood Improv. Um, I will be doing a Joe Prano and acquaintances uh, show at the Hollywood Improv Lab on August twenty fifth. If you guys are listening to the show and you're in the uh, Los An- Greater Los Angeles area, uh, the tickets are already available at improv.com. Uh, I hope you guys will be there. I hope it's a success. And uh, I hope it is something that I can do regularly. And if I can, uh, in one of the future ones, I will absolutely have my uh, one-armed, hopefully fully fully healed uh, co-host, Andy Laz Lazarus, on the show. Wow. I, know, I know that you've got uh, an 11-11 show potentially coming up. September, yeah, September 17th. Um, we got that. Um, I've just opened a TikTok account for the Venice Gays. So, oh hell yeah, look out for that. I'm um, going to I'm going to follow that immediately. Yes. And uh, if there's something that you can steal from my TikTok in terms of uh, please, um, I, I have shit on Derek Jeter a few times, and it just sends everybody in a tizzy. But it's good, <laughs> you know good. Uh, you know they say all uh, all fucking cont- all all comments and whatever all action is good action so yes um, okay uh, i will also be in las vegas at the comedy cellar uh the last week of august so if you're in the las vegas area i will be there august 29th through september 4th for the whole of that week are um, you gonna see our friend brady matthews out there i i just might. las vegas I, I just might i should hit him up you should I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna try to play some golf while i'm out there i'll try to see brady yeah. Um, try not to lose all the money that they pay me to do the shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, follow all of us, follow us on social media. I'm at Joe Prano on everything except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. We are at Dirty Slides. Dirty Slides. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We appreciate it. Send us your DMs, send us your replies. Uh, we will be back probably as early as next week um with another episode of the show. And follow Andy Laz on all the Venice Gay stuff, Instagram and now tiktok and now tiktok uh anything else Laz? uh no that's it buddy um i don't know if uh if the way to go here is the indie indie wire blocker ah! <laughs> <laughs> but i think instead uh on your behalf guys thank you for listening to the dirty uh slides podcast and uh fuck gms who only have unathletic white guys yeah fuck them <laughs>